hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. In 2012, $32.4 billion, according to the Fiscal Times, $32.4 billion was spent on people trying to make themselves sleep in 2012. Need aid to sleep, whether it be Ambien or some sort of drug. $32.4 billion in 2012. 2015, what's this? 41 billion, according to the Consumer Reports. Also, Consumer Reports is estimating that 2020, 50 billion in sleep. We're talking sleep studies, sleep apnea studies, medicines, whatever it might be to help sleep. Um, in 2010, there were 2,280 sleep labs that generated $5.9 billion in the United States only. This past year, 2016, 2,800 labs, 7.1 billion. By 2020, the industry will be just around $10 billion in sleep studies. Where else in a, could you see the guy on television, mypillow.com? Right? I mean, any guys made a fortune on selling those pillows. People are trying to rest. People can't find rest. Whether you're a three-hour person, four-hour person, six-hour person, eight-hour person, really not my real issue at all this morning because I know what some people say is there, there's, there's, there's statistics out there that say, hey, I, I'm one of those guys who can get four hours of sleep and do well, which you may be, and I appreciate that. Uh, I can do that sometimes too, but after a while, it'll crash on me. And uh, then I try to convince myself that I'm okay on four hours, but everybody around you know you're not. Uh, so, but the prideful part would be, you know, no, I'm fine. Well, you're not fine. You just think you're fine. But there's all this money being spent and all this studies being done on people trying to find rest, find a place to sleep. How do I, you know, where do I go? Where do I, you know, my goodness. Because life problems rage. Issues of life rage. They just keep coming and going and they're no respecter. Problems are no respecter people. Uh, they'll come at the good and the bad, the holy and the unholy, the saved and the unsaved. The Bible calls it the just and the just, unjust, right? So it rains on them. So problems happen, issues happen. I wanna take us on a little quick journey, if you will, just to, to, to kind of just help us understand some things today because it's extremely difficult when you're making a quest and making this renewed dedication of God, I sense something is so major happening in the world today and I feel it's happening in my life, but I'm not yet walking and, and, and seeing the materializing of those promises, the fulfillment of those promises and the fruition of those promises. I'm not seeing them happen like I really think they should be happening. I can taste it, but I haven't swallowed it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You have seen it, but you have not attained it. Uh, you, you're close, but you're not yet there. And the, 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 the issue is sometimes we'll try to convince ourselves, okay? We'll try to convince ourselves to grab a hold of it as if we had it and minimizing what it really 
could be, could really be in our lives. So we'll say we have it, we think we have it, and we'll end up financing it. We finance our prosperity and say, bless the Lord on the back of my vehicle, right? In over our heads, but blessed and highly favored. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Won't wait on the Lord, because after all, the Lord knows I really have an issue here and I need, and God, you're gonna have to do something. But I'll give you at least a week, maybe two. But if something don't change, I, I feel like I'm hearing the voice of the Lord, we say. And then we jump in and begin to help him, right? Because nobody wants to be lethargic or lazy, or nobody wants to sit back and, and, and be, you know, just wait on the Lord to do something and him, come on, God, you gotta do it, and then we get in the way. But nobody wants to sit back here on the back, back pedal either and sit and go, Lord, if you're telling me to do something, I'm willing to do it. I don't know very many people that are in that position. Most people are sincere, wanting to hear the voice of God and will do whatever he tells them to do. Most people that I know that are that way. The challenge is, how do you know it's the Lord? How do you know it's not you? How do you know that that opportunity or that, 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 that door opening is God telling you to walk through? And how do you know maybe if it's the trap set for the devil or from the devil? How do you know that? I mean, where do you find that balance? And then there's always somebody telling you about balance. And I've never found a person that's successful in balance. I haven't. I've had a person, a few people in my life think they're in balance, but they're really not in balance. They've just deceived themselves. I've just got to have balance. I've got to, I've got, if you have kids or you have friends and you're in ministry or you're in business or you're in some sort of relationship or extracurricular activity like sports or whatever, I don't know anybody that's in balance. Let me know how that works for you. Am I talking to anybody today? Amen. I'm telling you, it is all shifting in life today, yes. right? So you, 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 we end up going, God, I gotta shut some stuff off. I gotta, try, I gotta say no to this. I gotta get this out. But the kids are wanting to go here, an opportunity come this direction and say, I really would think this is an invitation to do this. And you go, I just really need to downsize. What you're really saying when you say, I really need to downsize, and there's nothing wrong with downsizing if the Lord says to downsize, but what you're really saying when you need to downsize is, I really don't know how to build within the growth opportunity that's coming my way. That's hard. That's, dif that's difficult. Take somebody that has three kids and the fourth one is on the way. You're gonna figure out a way before that baby gets here. And if you think you're gonna be in balance, more power to you. It ain't happening. So God put Adam in the garden. And when God put Adam in the garden, he said this. He said, Adam... I want you to be fruitful and multiply, subdue, replenish. I want you to do all these things, and it's, it's incredible. But, but Adam, here's the deal. I've already created the space for you. You don't have to create the space. I've already created it for you. I've already created, when I say space, I'm talking about the setting, the setting of life, the opportunity of life. Do you know you do not have to go out here tomorrow and try to make your way? God has already prepared a way and created a setting for your life. Our job and your job, my job, is to understand and recognize the setting, recognize who he placed in that setting, and begin to manage it. 
begin to live it, knowing who we are. So God puts him in the garden. He says, my Adam, he says, man, you are perfect in all your ways. I have created you to be a creator. You are brilliantly minded. You are creative in your approach to life. I put a singleness in your eye. I've given you this vision, this dream. I've given you this desire, this passion. I've given you a boldness and a courage. I place that inside of you and I put you right in the midst of the garden. And Adam, I didn't even place you there until I rested. So you're going to begin from my place of rest before you ever start. You don't work to get rest. You come from rest and to begin to work. So that means, what does that rest mean? What are we talking about when we say you've got to come from that place of rest? There's some things that have to be settled within yourself before you can ever move and engage that needs to be engaged in life. You have to settle some things. Not, some, not things that you juggle. I'm talking about settled. You have to know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Adam, you were created perfectly. I created you to be a creator. So your responsibility in life is to create. Create what? Create what I've given you to create from. Adam, don't ever let the circumstances be what creates you. You create your own circumstances. That's the goal. And I can't find it in there anywhere where he looked at Adam and said, and listen, Adam, if you do well, I've got this mansion way over here in the sky that if you get do well here in elementary school, I'm gonna promote you and we're gonna come over here and you'll spend eternity to me with, no, it's not there. I'm not saying that's not a place, a destination at all, because it is. I, what I'm telling you is, it was never Adam's goal or intention to do the pretest here so he could reach his reward over there. Doesn't say that. It says, Adam, you and I are one. I'm coming down in the cool of the evening and I'm gonna talk to you. And you're gonna hear my voice. I'm not gonna have a separation between us. You're gonna be in communion with me. You're my son, I'm your father. I'm putting you in the middle of this garden and our goal, and our, my goal is for you to take this relationship that you have with me, be secure in who you are, recognizing the strengths and the attributes that you have, and then I want you to go live life. I want you to go live life. What do you mean, live life? I want you to go out here and Adam, name the animals. Just name them. Whatever you want them to be. You don't need a hint. You don't have to buy a vowel. You call them what they are. They're yours. In fact, Adam, all these things will be submitted to your authority. All of them. The problem came when God took woman Brought, her out, brought him out of man. And the serpent, the Satan, the snake, come and he began to have dialogue with Eve, the woman, about their relationship and communication with God. He said, 
Surely God didn't say that you would be under all of this or you'd be over all of this. You couldn't eat of that tree. You'd die. He didn't say that. So it got Adam and Eve or Eve questioning, did God really say that or did God not say that? But that really is appealing to me. So rather than be firm in her commitment and who she is, and the things that were settled in Adam, they begin to get shaken. And she began in this dialogue of really distorting the voice that God had given man. Now follow me, it's important. So when he looks at, she, she, so she, she takes the, 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 the fruit of the tree, the fruit of the lips of Satan. And what that means is it wasn't an apple, It was the fruit of the lips. She bought into and took a bite and consumed what he was feeding. As she partook of that fruit, incorporated in her belief system, she then went to Adam and said, here, you eat of this same fruit too. So he bought what she was selling because Eve had bought what was sold to her from Satan. And the distortion of the voice of God and what he was really saying was the thing that was at at risk. So he takes this now newfound understanding, revelation, and new voice that had entered into his life of being and he partakes of the fruit. When he takes of the fruit, here's what happened. His eyes were open. He saw his nakedness and he became afraid, right? God still comes down in the cool of the evening, cool of the day, and he comes down and begins to talk to Adam. Adam, 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 where are you? Now, here is the God of the universe, the God that has created the heavens and the earth, the God that knows the beginning and from the end and the end from the beginning, the God that's the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, and all everything in between. The God that created on day one, the heavens and the earth, and on day seven, he rested because everything he created was good. He then puts man in the garden. The God that had every answer to every question enters into mankind a question. There was no question in Genesis chapter one. It was God said, and it was good. There was no question in chapter two. God said, and it was good. He put man in the garden and said, have dominion. You, 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 you now, you, you're in control of your life. This, you're, these elements of the life are subject to you. This isn't a test that you're gonna try to pass and fail. I'm not up here in heaven grading how you do. I'm not sitting on the li- sidelines watching how you live your life going, come on, Adam, you can do it. I'm not watching you from that perspective. I'm not down here, no, what I've done, Adam, is I have made myself subject to your choices. I, myself, God that had all the answers and knows the end from the beginning, the one that is the creator in Genesis, the deliverer in Exodus, the lamb of God in, 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 in Leviticus, the one that brought him through the journey 
and, and, and brought him through the scape of, of Pharaoh in Deuteronomy. The one across the river Jordan, Joshua, the judge, the kinsman redeemer in Ruth, the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. God, the one that said, I saw Satan, behold, Satan is lightning fall from heaven. God, God that gave the breath of life to Adam. And he looks at Adam and he says, Adam, I, I breathed in your nostrils and I breathe the breath of life. We think that's just this inhale and exhale of oxygen. I put the breath of lives inside of you. Your, your posterity, I breathe in. Your kids, your grandkids, your grandkids, grandkids, grand, down the line, and everything, not only that, but everything that you birth from inside of you has life. The business you birth has life. Your creation that you reproduce has life. I breathed it in you. One time I did that and then I rested. Adam, where are you? Where did you go? Watch this. Adam says, I, I, where am I gonna go, Eve? I, can you imagine the conversation they're having between the two of them? Where, Eve, where are we gonna go? You, you know how it's been for all these years. My God. You can't get away from him. He's got you. What are you going to do? You're going to rebel and backslide for a short period of time? Because no matter what you say, you can curse him, but he's got you. You wouldn't be here without him. Eve, you couldn't have gotten her without him. You couldn't have gotten him without him. You wouldn't have had them without him. Eve, you know, look at it. What are we going to do? Look at, look at I, I know things aren't good right now. I know things are shaky and are rocking and, and, and right now, quite honestly, Eve, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm scared. Why? Because I knew what we had. And now something has changed. The only three people that were in the story at that point were God, Eve, and Adam. The serpent came at a later time to, de to, to deceive him. Why is it now, Adam, that being naked and your eyes opened up caused you to be ashamed? Why are you afraid of being naked? Was it what everybody else thought of you? Was it what Eve thought of you? Was it, was it what God thought about you? Eve, you okay with Adam? Yeah, I'm still here. God says, Adam, I'm coming down to talk to you. I'm not going anywhere. But where are you? Adam says, I've been hiding in the midst of the trees of the garden. Adam says, I don't know where else to go. I'm afraid of what, what I've become. I'm, I'm afraid. I, I, things are just falling apart. Adam says, God says, Adam, what do you, what do you have on you? What, what is that? Adam says, I, I, we were naked. I was ashamed. So I took some fig leaves from these trees and I made us some aprons. 
God says, you did what? I made us some aprons. I didn't want us to be naked and ashamed and afraid, hiding amongst the trees. But, and, and God says, look what you've done. Adam, you're, you're not afraid of, of really me. And you're really not afraid of Eve because you made her an apron too. And you already have reconciled in your mind that I already know where you are. Adam, your biggest issue is you're afraid of you. You don't like what you've become. So you took something that is creation that I give you over that's supposed to work for you that's lesser than you and you took what's lesser than you and tried to cover it in you. You're looking for something that's lesser to cover your own naked. Adam, how did you become under what I put you over? Those fig leaves aren't gonna do it, bud. It's not gonna work. You go ahead and take your fig leaves, Adam, you and Eve. Let me know how you sleep tonight. Can you rest? No. Can't rest? I gotta be a part of this 31, 32, 50 billion dollar industry because I can't sleep because the problems that I've created for myself or Eve created for me, however you wanna look at it, I'm under. And he began to look around to find the solution to just cover something that was empty on the inside of him. He had lost something that he thought he could cover. God looked at him and said, Adam, take off the fig leaves. You can't cover yourself. In other words, let me just speed it up here a little bit, go to the 2018. You're a broken person, and you can't go to other broken people to try to keep your brokenness from being broken. You can't medicate out here, Adam, on things out here to cover your brokenness. You're empty, and you're looking for everything external to fill some void, but it's not going to ever fill the void. And Adam, I haven't changed. I come down every day in the cool of the evening and I come down and I talk to you and communicate to you. You go ahead and do what you did, but I didn't stop coming, I still came. The only thing was different is you were embracing my voice before. And now all of a sudden, you're afraid of my voice. Before you were okay to stand before me transparent, but now something's wrong that you're afraid, you gotta find you hide yourself. When, so when did you become disgusted with you, Adam? When did you become disgusted with you? Why is it I made you so perfect and creative that you were to create your own world with all these resources that I've given you? Now you've taken the resources, put yourself under those resources, and have some foolish thought that your solution is gonna come from those same resources that I put you over. That's not your resource. I am your source. Take off that apron, Adam. Take it off. Get those fig leaves off. Those fig leaves will die one day. 
You can't cover yourself with something that's decaying, Adam. God says, I've got something for you. He takes the skins of an animal. He says, put these on you, Adam. Adam covers himself and covers Eve. Their eyes are now open. They know the difference between right and wrong and knowledge of good and the knowledge of evil. And here they are. God says, I have to now lead them out of that garden and lead them into the world, which is my original mission and intent for them. Because if I don't, they will stay comfortable right here in the midst of the church, in the midst of their business, in the midst of their city, in the midst of their region, in the midst of their job, in the midst of their comfort. Now, I'll take it. And God says, I will lead them out. Two things God did. He changed how they covered themselves and let them out. I'm taking you from your comfort zone, but I'm not taking you out of your comfort zone until I change how you cover yourself. If you go out with you covering your own self, you'll make more of a mess than you have when you created inside of here. But I've got to take what you put yourself under, put what I'm going to do and put it under, over, under you and cover you, and I'm going to give you a renewed opportunity to look forward, and you're going to go out here. And, and let me make it real plain. <laughs> you had your identity wrapped up in your job, in your ministry, in your school, in your life, you had your, your whole identity was wrapped up right here and you felt good about what you were doing, but you would have stayed there forever. You would have stayed right there and you would have decayed, covering yourself with what is a cloak of religion that looks like good intentions, it looks like it's okay, and it looks good, but all the thing was happened was years were stealing off your life, Adam. Your kids were getting older. They were growing up. And while that was going on, you were still pouring yourself into something that was, looked like it was holy, looked like it was righteous, and it was a good thing, but it just wasn't what I had for you forever. Amen. Come out. But don't you dare walk out into the world until you change what's covering you. Don't cover yourself with medication. And I'm not talking about just drugs. Anything in your life that you rely more so on than him is your fig leaves. And the minute your fig leaves become your cover is the minute he will take it away from you so he can become your cover. And the only reason he changes your fig leaves to his skin, which is Jesus, the only reason he changes that is so he can take you out into a new dimension of life that you would have never left if you'd have stayed in your own covering. So while Adam was hiding on the Lord, from the Lord, behind the trees of the garden in his own apron, we could say it this way today. Let me just bring it up into our, our TV and a Daystar world. All right? We can say it this way. What are you doing, Adam? Where are you? I'm waiting on God. You, what are you doing? I'm waiting on God. 
I need a word from the Lord. Boom. I need a word from God. Boom. I need, a, I, I need another word from God. I need another word from, if God doesn't give me a word today, I don't know what I'm going to do. I gotta have, God, you have got to do, you have got to, all God is saying is this, come out from behind the trees in that garden, let me see what you have covered yourself with, let me take that covering off of you, put my covering on you, and let's go. Let me say it this way. Come out from behind waiting on me. Take off that mind that you have. Put on the mind of Christ and go. What is the mind of Christ? What is changing from, is this a help on anybody? What is taking off your own covering of skin, of figs, and putting on his new covering? What is that practically? It makes good sense in a parable, and it preaches well and sells tapes. But how do I make it work in my life? How do I, you take off the old wine skin and put on a new wine skin. Okay, we've just traded in one religious jargon for another set of religious jargon. Somebody write a song about it, we'll worship it, put it on the big screen. Right? But I'm still living in hell. Nothing's changing for me as I get my first 90 in gear and I'm ready to go and I'm ready to engage and I believe in this message and I believe in what God's gonna do and I'm believing, I'm believing, I'm believing, but I'm still not seeing anything happen. I smelled the burn. It was rubber beating the road. I smelled it. Put off the old wine skin, put on the new wine skin. What does it look like? How do I take off the fig leaves and put on his covering? How do I put on his mind? Paul says, put on this mind, the mind of Christ. Jesus thought it not robbery to be equal with God. What? Heresy. Jesus said, I'm the son of God. Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. The Jews knew if you were the son of God or a son of God, you were in that lineage because the Jews knew that Adam was breathed in him the breath of lives. So everything that's birthed out of you that comes from that breath of life and breath of lives, births has God's DNA in it. Your children, your grandchildren, your business, if God birthed that thing, he started it, it's his job to finish it. Right? Amen. The Jews knew that. They knew all of that. 
So they would say, put on the mind of Christ. They could not, Jesus thought it was not equal to be robbery, or I thought robbery to be equal to God. What's he say? He humbled himself to become a servant. He left his glory and his deity and all of those things to come here to make himself lowly, not to be, a, to be served, but to serve. He put on the mind of Christ. He switched off Adam's figs and put on the mind of Christ by saying these words, I am the son of God. I belong to the family of God. Even the winds are subject to him. It'd be nice if that's where it stopped. You can't say, oh, this is good. You can't say, Jesus said, I'm a son of God and found it not robbery to call himself the son of God or be equal with God. You can't say that Jesus said, even the winds are subject to him about Jesus. Even the devils believe and tremble at his name. All of that is a fact and that's true. It's great when it's about Jesus. But as long as you cover yourself with your own stuff, but Jesus can still be covered with God's stuff, you're not one with him. How do you become one with God? Even the winds are subject to you in his name. Even the creation is subject to you in his name. Your circumstances are subject to you in his name. The financial strapping of obligation is subject to you in his name. That family situation and dynamic is subject to you in his name. What? Here's where it changed. Adam, you're in the garden. All these things are yours. All you got to do is call them what you want them to be. Name them. I spoke for six days and created it all. I breathed in you for you to be able to begin to create from the words that you speak out of your mouth, you're gonna create like I did. The difference is, Adam, I rested so you could start creating. You gave it all away. And you became subject to what I created for you. Are you following me? I became, I became subject to your creation. So I'm taking off the ability for you now to have to cover your own self and I'm gonna cover you for yourself. 
and I need you to take off the skins that you prove, and I'm going to put on the skins on you that I prove. You're going to take off an old wine skin, put on a new one. You're going to take your old covering off and put on my new covering. What that does, Adam, it puts you back to your original state of how I made you before you even fell. And somewhere along the line, Adam, church, we have bought into a message that says we are more than conquerors through Christ that, 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 that bled on the cross, died on the cross. We're, he's an overcomer. We're, we're all these wonderful things, and we sing about him and preach about him and pray about him and all these things. At the same time, we're waiting on God to do something when God says, I want you engaged in life. So it's important that you lose your mind while you wait on God. It's necessary that you lose your mind when you wait on God. You have to take off your mind because your mind is Adam's mind. Adam's mind was to hide because he was afraid. He was waiting on God to do something. And God in his mercy and grace and his goodness comes in the cool of the day and begins to speak to Adam. He initiated Adam. What did he initiate? Two things he initiated. He initiated number one was take off the old way of thinking and put on the new. I'll provide the change of sheets. I'll provide the change of covering. I'll provide the change of the way you should think. And then I'm going to lead you out. I initiate the change in your mind. I initiate the change of your life. Your job is to to submit and receive and believe and to, uh, uh, to take on the new change. Adam switched you over from your original intent. You never switched over. You never went back. You got saved. But we've never renewed the mind. Man, is this helping anybody but me? Amen. This is the way it goes. God, my life, this is how it works. God, my life's a wreck. My life's a mess. I need to be saved. So we hear the message of the gospel. I'm dying. I'm on my way to hell, living in a little bit of it now. But I'm on my way when this life's over. It just can't get much worse than what I'm living now. And God, I got, this has got to change. Help me, Lord. And God says, okay, so somebody preaches a message to us that we've got to get rid of our sins so we can be saved. So we receive being saved at that moment. Our name now goes from being going our way to hell, going our, on our way to heaven. The problem is I'm still living in hell. I just know when this life's over, I won't have to go there. Show me that in the book of Genesis. It never was God's intent to bail you out. It was God's intent to roll you through, to steamroll circumstances, allow circumstances to help renew your mind, and then take on and create what God has called you to create. How do I do that with no money? Your father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. 
what you don't understand and what I'm learning for myself is when you begin to put on that, that new way of thinking, stuff and resources become to you. You don't have to go trying to find them. God brought the animals to, 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 to Adam and said, call them what you want them to be. Adam didn't say, man, I'm looking for this real big, tall animal so I can call it a giraffe. No, he brought them to him. We're, we've overcomplicated this thing. This has become too distorted. And God says, I'm going back to simplicity. I'm going back to where this thing is not that hard or that difficult. The bottom line is this. Adam sinned. You came out of a distorted view of life. Our lives were a wreck and a mess. We heard the gospel. We received Jesus, and Jesus came in our heart, and he's changed our life forever. And now we're trying to figure out how to do better because we're not now un immoral. We're now moral. We're, un we're unholy. Now we're holy. And we're trying to figure out how in the world do I live this thing the way it's supposed to be living? You get frustrated along the journey because things don't turn out the way you think they should have turned out. Disappointments happen. Life losses happen. Pain happens and suffering happens and all these things. All the while we're thinking, God, where are you in the middle of this thing? Why aren't you taking this thing away from me? Why aren't you fixing my problem? And God says, I did two things in the garden when after Adam fell. I'm going to do two things in, the li in your life where, you, where you're in the situation that looks like it's fallen. The two things I'm going to do for you is, number one, take off your old afraid cover-up your fear, the thing that just keeps you over here behind the trees in the garden, keeps you over here worried about everything, anxiety and fear, all depression, all those things are over here because you're afraid because you think at any given time the rug can get pulled out from under you and you're gonna lose everything. God said the best thing that could ever happen to you is you to lose the security of the old way so I can cover you with the security of a new way and lead you into life that you've never, ever, ever expected. And you've never even tasted of. Hmm. It's a change. So the truth is, do you honestly believe you're a son of God? Or is that, a, is that a class that Jesus is in by himself? And one day when you get to heaven, you'll be able to see how it all works. Do you really believe you've been adopted into the family? Do you really believe you're a son of God? When God breathed in Adam, breathed the lives of, the breath of lives in him, Jesus resurrects from the grave, stands there talking to his 11 disciples, and he looks at him and he says, and he breathes the breath of life and hold them. And he said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. That's what he said to them. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive it. They received the Holy Spirit. What happened to them? They received the breath of creation. If you really believe you're the son of God, the daughter of God, you would almost be careful what you say. Now, if you heard that, here's the test. If you heard that like this, that said, I better, I better be careful what I said. I can't gossip, 
I can't tell bear. I can't talk about people. Man, sometimes I let one slip every now and then. And I shouldn't say it. Sometimes they're three-letter words and sometimes they're four-letter words, but I shouldn't say it. If that's how you heard it, you're still under the old covering. If what you heard when I said, you be careful what you say. If you heard, man, I better be careful saying I want a new job because you might get one. You might be careful if you said, man, I really want to live debt-free. You better be careful because you might have to see how it feels. I, and I... You better be careful if you, if you, I better be careful if I say he better, he, her husband better get saved. Because you know what it's going to be like to live under a saved husband? Because some of those things you get away with now, you won't get away with then. I wish my kid, you better be careful what you say when you say, I wish my kids would come back to the Lord. Man, you better be careful what you say. Because they might come back and confess stuff to you that you didn't know they did. If you heard that and your bend and your ear turns, naturally turns to, oh God, fear, worry, anxiety, tailbearing, gossip. If, if you're in, listen to this, if your natural tendency turns to repairing, you need to change clothes. If your natural tendency is to prepare you got the right sheets on. If you think God's out to get you, get off the fig leaves. If you think this is a test of life, here, how you do, We're changed clothes. And if you don't see Jesus and then see yourself and don't think for one minute that God sees Jesus, he sees you. He don't see Jesus better than you. <laughs> he sees Jesus, he sees you. Because aren't you in Christ? If you see Jesus in, up here and you down here, you got to come up, change clothes. Gosh. God, I, I'm waiting on you, man. If something don't change, I've been here this recently. This message is for me. I'm just letting you all wait on what I'm preaching to myself. God, if you don't do something, if you don't change, something doesn't change, I'm going to lose my Mine. And the Lord says, go ahead and just give me the mind. Don't try to keep from losing it. Here's what he said. Some of you have the wrong definition of integrity. You have the wrong definition of health. You have the wrong definition of prosperity. You have the wrong definition of life and life more abundantly. It's the wrong definition. Let me give you one. You're trying to balance the checkbook and it's not balancing. 
You got bills that are due. And you're going, God, I want to keep, I got to pay those. It's, it's just in my heart. It's, they got to be paid. God, I made those obligations. I need to have those paid. And if you think that integrity is meeting those obligations, you've limited your scope of integrity. It's not God trying to just get you through. God's trying to get you to. He did two things in the garden. He took Adam's off that Adam put on himself. And he clothed them with what he created, the sacrifice for him. And after he took what Adam had hid himself with, he led him out of his comfort area. So he could do what he originally told him to do. God put a dream in your heart many years ago. Now you're older. Life circumstances have went up and down. Resources aren't like they used to be. You've had left disappointments in your life going, God, I am not, no way. I am not going back to that. There's no way God put that, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not gonna, I can't go there. So we've settled in. And because you're not creating and not expressing the essence of God that he placed inside of you, like you really know it could be or wanna be, the desire that you have for it, Here's what happens. We start getting sick and not even realize we're sick. And then we get medicating over here behind the trees of the garden. Because let me tell you something, the garden is the church and the people are the trees. So we hide in the midst of the trees in the garden. And we hide amongst the congregation of the people and we're here, we're sitting in the pews, we're sitting in the church and the chairs and we're sitting here, we're going, God, all the time we're going, medication, medication. Some do it with alcohol, some do it with drugs, some do it with pornography, some do it with eating, some do it with, 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 with other women, some do it with other, other men, some people do it with homosexuality, some do it with, I can name all the sexual sins, but the bottom line of it all, it's a lack of understanding who you are because you're afraid. And fear and covering your own self with medications keeps you behind the trees in the garden and will steal your rest. And then it becomes a cycle. Oh God, then the very thing that you medicate on, you become servant to. It was, it was balm and salve at first. Oh God, it made me, it was a relief. Just a little bit of a, just God got the pressure off of me for just a little bit. And before you know it, the very thing that you thought was helping you, those apron, that fig leaf, that, that alcohol, that drug, that pill, that, that magazine, that porn, that, that re- internet, whatever it might be that's right here. Oh God, and before you know it, the very thing you thought was helping you is now you're serving. And the reason you're serving it, it's to keep you in the midst of the trees of the garden, to keep you from going out into what he's called you to call out to, go out to. So God says this morning, where are you? You creator, you. Where are you? You forced to be reckoned with, you. 
Where are you, you perfect one that I made? Where are you, the one that could speak it into existence and it happened? Where are you, the one that all of the elements of life were subject to you? When you walked up in something and up on a situation or you were invited into a circumstance, everybody around went, whoa, wisdom just showed up. Power just showed up. Presence just showed up. Life just showed up. Change just showed up. Transformation just showed up. Why do you hide behind the, the trees of the garden and you walk in and you wells? Because you're, you're, you're not like you used to be and you, you've lost confidence. You've lost courage and you've lost boldness and you, you've lost that identity. When you used to walk in a place and feel like, I belong here and I'm ready to change it because what I'm carrying, I'm packing. You're packing the presence of God. Adam, where are you? Do you need a job or does that job need you? Do you need a dollar or does that dollar need you? Do you need that business or does that business need you? Does that product need you or do you need that product? Some of you are trying to get rid of, oh God, this is from the Lord. Some of you are trying to get rid of what God called you to have. You're trying to get rid of it to simplify. When God told me to tell you, if you'll change your skin, your covering, and come out from mine the trees of the garden, the very thing that you think is a burden will be that blessing to you. You're going, God, get that burden off my, I don't want to even think about that ministry. I don't want to think about it. God, get that off. Take that away. T take that away from, no, it's not taken away from you. Put it right back in order. God says, church, culture and society in the world is without form and it's void. People are sick that don't need to be sick. Corruption is running rampant across society. And God said this to, to tell you, and he's told us all this. The world and the whole earth is groaning, shaking, quaking, For you, for the manifestation of the sons of God, not with more willpower, not with more zeal and more fervor and desire, for the sons of God, take off the apron of figs and put on the apron of Christ. We clothe ourselves with Christ in the mind of Christ by saying, I'm a son of God. People will say, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. No, but I am gonna think not lowly of myself either than I should. If he says I'm a son of God, who am I to question him? I'm gonna take off my old ways of covering my fear and I've got them. 
Man, there's been times that it's just easier back here. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's just safer back here. God, I don't want any problems. God, I just want it to all go away. I don't want, I don't, I just want to be liked for a little while anyway. I just don't. And it feels good, but here's what happens. God still comes in the tool of the day and says, where are you? Where are you? Come out. Take off what's covering your fear, what you've medicated yourself with. Take it off. I'd rather you, you're gonna have to get naked so I can cover you. And I'll cover you and I'm gonna send you out. I don't care if you used to be a pastor and it all fell apart. You used to be in ministry and it all fell apart. Come out. We think ministry in life is this. I'm walking through the day and I see a devil in the midst of a person, which is very true. And I say, devil, come out, because Jesus did it. Let me say this to you. The church needs delivered like a baby needs delivered out of a mother's womb. It's bound behind the trees of the garden, covered with its own skin, afraid and scared to death. And I'm telling you to come out. Come out wherever you are. Come out. Come out. I'm a son of God. I know the circumstances don't look like it, but I'm a son of God. And that's gotta be a belief, not just a, you don't say it by repetition. It's not mind over matter. I'll keep saying that till I believe it. No, you gotta believe it because it comes out of your mouth. Would you stand with me? $50 billion will be spent in 2020 for people trying to find rest. We just gave it away for free today. That's how you find rest. You first of all, gotta take off what you covered yourself with and let him be your covering. And number two, get ready to go come outside of your comfort zone. Father, we've heard you today. <laughs> I heard the Lord say that some people are here going, how do I know back there? What, what do I, the Lord says, give him a, give him a, a trigger point. Here's what he told me to tell you. It usually comes from somebody that's close to you, a spouse, a family member, a real close friend, a ministry. They'll probably give you an opportunity or say something that will provoke you to step out. And when it makes you angry at them, it's your button and your moment and your trigger point that you need to change clothes. (laughs) 
you lost your confidence. You had enough confidence to buy it. Now you're scared to death. You had enough confidence to start it. Now you're scared to death. You had enough confidence to get in it. Now you're scared to death. He said, I didn't change. But somehow your perception of me did. Father, I thank you for the revelation that we received here this morning. Your people are screaming for rest so they can work from rest rather than try to work to get it. The whole world is trying to find solutions to life problems and your people are no different than the world. Father, you've called us to live higher and, and better, separated, not from them, in a sense of relationship and relating, but you've called us to separate ourselves from thinking like the world. And God, we confess to you today that many of us have not even known how to come out from behind those trees we've been hiding from. And I confess to you today that many of us, Lord, have covered ourselves up with our own work of our own hands, trying to manage dysfunction, chaos, with good intentions. So God, we give you our good intentions today. We ask that you take those good intentions and you make them your intentions. Help us to see it the way you see it and live the way you want it to be lived. We take off our own way of thinking and we put on the mind of Christ. You're not penalizing us. You're not punishing us. You're not hammering us. You're honoring us. So Father, today, we go back to the original state in the garden before Adam ever sinned. And we receive the breath of lives that come in our breath that we become creators of what you've called us to create. The value of the spoken word that you've placed in our mind and our heart becomes the frame that we live our life from. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us an opportunity to see just a glimpse into your mind and your heart today. And we bless you. And from this day forward, beginning even today, we walk out of here, the sons and the daughters of God, heirs of the Father and joint heirs of Jesus Christ. This world is subject to us because of you. We no longer separate ourselves from you and hide from you. We now put on you. And we walk out of here going, I can wait on you now, God, because I've already lost my mind and I put on your mind, so I'm ready to go. So Father, let's exp exp expediently move forward. Let's accelerate the time that we're in. Let these opportunities come for your people. God, let it be like popcorn popping. Let it be hit fast and go and give your people confidence to know that they don't have to have it all together. They just know the one that does have it all together. We thank you and we bless you and we say Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. We say Jesus is King. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We say the, earth, the Lord owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God, you are the lily of the valley. You are the bright morning star. You are the horn of our salvation. 
You are the first and the last. You are the beginning and the ending. You know the process. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. You are all in all. You are everything. And we thank you for bringing us up into everything because we were a people that had nothing. We stay not down here. We elevate to where you've called us to be with you in Jesus' name. And God, everybody said amen, amen. God bless you all.